Hi, I'm Rabbi Yisrael Bernath, and I'd like to welcome you to a brand new season of Kabbalah for Everyone. I really appreciate all of the feedback that you've been sending, and of course, the listener support, and being part of this really amazing community and learning together. So you can always go to theloverabbi.com, that's T-H-E-L-O-V-E-R-A-B-B-I.com, send me a message, or you can also look at some of the courses that I'm offering now and some of the courses that I've offered in the past that you can purchase there. And thanks so much for your friendship and being here and sharing this wonderful and very special space with me. And now on to today's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Kabbalah for Everyone. So today I want to talk about the Russia and the Bainini and kind of continue this conversation that we started and see where it leads us. So I think that it's clear now that the Russia, the person who we said is wicked, this Russia is more than we traditionally believed. They're not necessarily wicked. They're not necessarily evil. They're not this mean person who we imagine is this person who just sins all the time. When we use definitions that speak to a person's inner reality. This Russia, this person who we used to think is is evil or wicked, could actually be on a very high level. Um, For example, a Russia may only sin once a year, but this lack of total self-control with regards to their thought and their speech, their words, their actions can lead that particular person to lose countless inner battles that they face. So at any moment, the evil inclination that we call the Yetzer Hara, the Yetzer Hara, the evil inclination, this inner evil inclination has the potential to overcome the, the, the good inclination, which we call the Yetzer Tov. And based on the state of this person's inner world, which may lead to an expression of their thoughts, of their words, of their actions, this person in Kabbalah is called a Russia. Now, for the Russia, drinking spiritual poison, such a, it's not such a far-fetched idea. Their commitment and their loyalty to God is still not 100%. It's possible for them to give in to temptation and to falter. So we call the person the Russia, but not the wicked or the Russia, the way that we used to think of Russia, that's someone who sins all the time, but rather Russia defines a state of the person's inner world, where they're holding, and the battle between the two souls. You see, so often in our society, we focus on the external. We focus on the glove when we should be focusing on the hand. We focus on the external when we should be focusing on the internal. Externally, someone may look like they're a pious person, but what's going on inside? So often we spend so much time focusing on our physical appearance, on how we look, but what about what's going on 
beneath the physical appearance? What about what's going on inside of us? How much time do we spend developing our character, developing our behavior? And so Kabbalah is interested in that. Have you developed your behavior? Someone who has not been able to overcome the evil part of them, someone who hasn't been able to overcome those negative thoughts, those negative desires, Kabbalah will call them a rasha. And it sounds like a very extreme term because, well, often that word became associated with people who were not good. But it's actually just a, a euphemism to say. So now, at this point, you're probably entertaining this idea of either I'm screwed for life or I have to become a better person. Maybe you're entertaining these noble fantasies of being a banity or at least moving your, your spiritual life in that direction. That's a very high level. In the Tanya, at least in the early chapters of the Tanya, they help us do just that. They provide us a practical tool for getting started on the path of trying to hone our thought, speech, and action, and trying to hone that, that spiritual part of us and moving in the right direction. So to begin, we have to first understand what is the structure and the makeup of each of these souls and how they operate. So the Tanya is going to start with the godly soul. And it discusses its essence. It discusses its faculties, its garments, uh, essentially its methods of expression, and the overall aspirations and desires. And then it continues with this analysis of the animal soul. And after discussing both of the souls, it's possible to better discern the interaction between these two, between the animal soul and the godly soul, which has been our discussion for the past few episodes. Now, how do we fight the darkness? So often, when it comes to something negative in our life, let's say darkness, we think of beating back the darkness with a stick. We think of getting rid of, removing the darkness, removing that, that negative thing. How do I get rid of this, this neg these negative feelings, these negative thoughts in my life? You ever thought of that? How do I remove the negative thought in my life? Well, Kabbalah introduces a new idea, which seems so simple in a way. Doesn't seem like it's profound, but for some reason, it's not the natural place that we go to. It says simple, if you're in a dark room, light a candle. And then it's not like the darkness goes away. It's like the darkness never existed. If you wanna get rid of the darkness, just create light. So darkness is not a creation of its own. According to Kabbalah, it's just the absence of light. And the same thing is true with the battle of the souls. Instead of focusing on attacking your animal soul head on, 
all you have to do is increase the light of your godly soul. The darkness of the animal soul will automatically disappear the more you increase the light of the godly soul. And it's for this reason that Kabbalah teaches that we should start our exploration and our discovery with the godly soul, not with the animal soul. Well, there's also another reason for it, because we're so familiar with the animal. I mean, the animal, we know already that the animal is so much part of us and has had so many years to develop and it's our nature and it's the things that we like and we naturally gravitate towards. So if we focus on the godly soul, if we focus on this part that maybe not, it's not so natural to us, it's not so obvious to us. If we focus on these elements of our soul, then there's two things that are going to happen. Number one is we're going to increase the godly soul. We're going to increase the light. And then naturally the darkness will dissipate. All of a sudden, we're going to notice how the darkness goes away. But it's not only that it goes away. It goes away like it never existed. That's what I love about it. See, it seems so real right now. It seems so powerful right now. But actually, once we start doing this, it goes away like it never existed. We have a lot more to talk about, I know. But for now, I'm going to leave you with this thought. So what have we spoken about till now? We've spoken about the tzaddik, the righteous, the, the, the rasha, who we now understand is a very different type of person than we initially thought. The Bainini, this intermediate, who we used to think was one way, but now we know is very, very different than the intermediate that we thought. And we've spoken about the, the two souls, the animal soul and the godly soul. And so this idea of tzaddik and Russia and Bainini, they can apply to a person's conduct alone or the state of their inner world. And now what we're going to do in future episodes is we're going to start looking at these um, ideas, these explanations, and the makeup of our inner world, what's going on inside, and allow us to understand a lot more about the godly soul, and maybe eventually a lot more about the animal soul, and allow us to really be able to make that choice, to choose that path. I'm excited to continue this journey with you and uh, looking forward to seeing you back here for the next episode. But for now, I'll leave you with that. Have a fantastic day.